You are listening to episode 40 of the Sunday Shakeout, featuring a guide on overtraining for distance runners. Hello and welcome to the Sunday Shakeout. I am your host, Nicholas. This episode features a comprehensive guide to overtraining for distance runners. I'm here to shed light on an important aspect of training that every runner should understand. I will be delving into understanding what overtraining is, including possible contributing factors to overtraining, the process of adaptation, and then I will be talking about some signs and symptoms of overtraining, including psychological signs that, like uh, as simple as mood changes and motivation changes, and also physiological signs like irregularities and heart rate. All of that and so much more. Now, you might be wondering, why focus on overtraining? Well, my friends, the goal of this episode is to equip you with the knowledge to recognize the warning signs and symptoms of overtraining, ensuring that you can strike the perfect balance between pushing your limits and safeguarding your well-being. If you are new to the Sunday Shakeout, let me give you a quick rundown. This show is your go-to source for in-depth training analysis, valuable training tips, unbiased and reliable physiology and science, and so much more. So whether you're a beginner taking your first strides or an experienced runner aiming for new heights, the Sunday Shakeout provides you with the information you need to run faster, stay injury-free, and most importantly, stay happy on your running journey. So let's lace up those shoes, hit the road, and dive into the world of overtraining, a topic that can make all the difference in your running success. So without further ado, please enjoy my guide to overtraining for distance runners. So today's episode is not going to be like everything you need to know about overtraining because I found that after I did a lot of research, there's actually so much about overtraining. Um, so we're going to split this up into many episodes, but I think it would bore you guys if I just put three episodes in a row on overtraining. That would really be boring. So we're going to talk about some things today and then down the line, we're going to talk about a few more things. But today is going to be really about understanding what overtraining is, some contributing factors over that might put you at more risk to overtraining we are going to talk about adaptation and then the signs and symptoms that's where we're going to cut it today later we'll talk about the causes and um and then we'll also talk about stuff like how to prevent overtraining how to monitor if you're overtraining and then how to recover from overtraining we'll we'll make full episodes on that but today we're going to keep it pretty light so let's talk about what the definition of overtraining is and it's pretty simple it's just essentially overtraining is when you exceed the body's capacity to handle training stress at a particular time Everyone has a different body and therefore a different capacity to to handle training and different loads of training. And there are many different factors contributing to overtraining. Uh, The first one is age and experience. Those who those runners who are generally more experienced and are generally therefore able to handle higher mileage and higher volume at specific intensities above just easy steady running. So the more experienced you are, the more you'll be able to do high intensity. You rarely see a runner in their first year be able to handle 70 miles per week, let alone 120 miles per week, and so that's why patience and gradual progression is key. The more you get experienced and the older you get, then the more you can kind of start to let yourself off the leash and do a little more in training, but you got to be cautious in your early years. The second big factor to if you might get overtrained is cumulative strength. 
over the years obviously if you are if you are consistent and you train sensibly you will gradually build strength and injury resi resistance and the stronger and more resistant you are to injury the less likely you will overcook yourself so the amount of strength you have definitely impacts your capacity to train and your likeliness of overtraining and then the third big factor is you need like i think life stress is the third big factor Training needs to be balanced. By the way, training is a stress. So training stress needs to be balanced with other stressors in your life, whether it's your job, family, etc. And if you have too much stress in your life, something has to give, and it's usually your running. External pressures can definitely affect both mental and physical aspects of training. So you really need to find a nice balance of stress and don't make running super stressful. Otherwise, that'll just take the joy out of the sport and you will underperform. You will your performance will start to slip. Your performance will start to slip. So don't make running stressful, and remember that both mental and physical fatigue are very interconnected. Therefore, recognizing mental exhaustion is crucial. So start to have a look after your overall life stress and its potential influence on feelings of fatigue because life stress is definitely a factor in overtraining, so keep that in mind. So we talked a little, little bit about some factors that might contribute to overtraining. Let's talk about adaptation because in order to understand overtraining, you must understand the process of adaptation. The ultimate goal of training is not to achieve the ability to do, you know, hard workouts, threshold, hills, long runs, or high mileage weeks, but rather the goal of training is the end result of training. It's the end result of all these things, which is adaptation. Adaptation is when the body makes positive changes in response to the stress of training, which leads to increased performance. The body becomes better equipped to handle the specific stressors imposed during training. And so to understand that, we have to talk about the stress adaptation curve. The stress adaptation curve is simply a graph or a chart that shows how the body responds to the training stress, recovery, and adaptation. It's all about the physiological changes that come from the training stress. Stress change. It's that simple. It's that simple. You, that's all you really need to know. But here are the components of the stress adaptation curve. The first is the training stress. Now that is what you did to the body during training. Different types of training stresses contribute to specific adaptations, leading to improvement in improvements in different aspects of running fitness. The second part of the stress adaptation curve is the post-training state. Believe it or not, after a workout, you are actually less fit than when you started a workout. That's because your body is in a state of stress, fatigue, and soreness. And so therefore, fatigue de decreases performance temporarily, and you temporarily feel tired. That is normal. That's just the feeling of being tired after a session, so don't, don't at all feel concerned if you're just tired after a run. And then you feel sore, and that's pretty much what happens maybe the day after a run, d delayed onset muscle soreness. You just feel a little sore, and that's just post-training stress. That's the post-training state. Now the third part of this stress adaptation curve is the adaptation part. If the stress you put on your body during training was appropriate, you'll, your body will begin to adapt to that stress. The body will make positive changes to cope with training in the future. And the final part is the where the magic happens. It's super compensation. The body recovers from that stress that you imposed on it in step number one, but it also moves beyond a baseline fitness level. So let's say at the beginning of the workout, before you completed the workout, you were at a certain fitness level. And then now that you've completed the workout, sure maybe your fitness goes dips down a little bit but that adaptation and super compensation is when your body starts to rebound it starts to come back and it starts to go above where you were before you started the workout the body is stronger more efficient and better prepared for more training in the future you're fitter that's what we want in training and so recovery is a crucial part of this stress adaptation curve it is crucial during the recovery phase that the body repairs and rebuilds leading to positive adaptation so adequate nutrition and rest and all that stuff 
stuff, that is all crucial to optimize the adaptation process and to optimize the supercompensation. If the training stress is too low, well, the body just does not experience much adaptation. Without appropriate training stress, the body does not receive the stimulus needed to make positive changes and therefore you stagnate. You don't get any better and you might even detrain. You might even get worse. However, if the training stress on the other side is way too high and recovery is inadequate, then the risk of overtraining increases. Therefore, performance plateaus happen, fatigue, soreness, injury, and all that bad stuff happen, and you can really experience a decline in your performance. So the, that goal of training is to optimize the supercompensation, to find the right balance between doing too much and too little. And more often than not, runners apply too much stress. They do too much. So let's get, get into how you can recognize overtraining, therefore applying too much stress to the body, and some signs and symptoms so that way you can wash out if you might be starting this process of overtraining. So some of these signs and symptoms, I think the first thing that we could really address is just being tired all the time. The state of overtraining is something that you get used to. You might make the excuse, oh, I train hard. I'm su supposed to be tired all the time, but that's just not true. During a hard training session, you might be tired and you might feel fatigued or sore the next day, which is, like I said, the post-training state where you might feel fatigued, sore, but that's normal and you're not supposed to feel like that all the time and... So yeah, you might feel like that for a day or two, but if you're feeling like that for days and weeks and months on end, that is just not normal. And many people think that's normal. So you really have to look out for being tired all the time. That is a that is a big sign of overtraining. Now, I really want to talk about heart rate here because heart rate is something that can get really deep. And I preach heart rate training quite a lot in the past. And heart rate is very, very important to monitor. And there are some abnormalities with heart rate that might be linked to overtraining. The first thing is not being able to push the heart rate up. At some point during high intensity sessions, the heart rate might not go up, and that is a big sign of fatigue. Now that might come from a lack of carbs, glycogen, or of course, fatigue. And that happens a lot in the Tour de France. In the first few stages, you know, the riders might be able to get their heart rate up to 180. But as the tour continues, the riders will inevitably get more fatigued and their muscles will get just more and more depleted of glycogen, especially if their nutrition is subpar. Consequently, in the final stages, their heart rates might only be able to get up to 165. So therefore, heart rate is a true physiological barometer and it is very, very underrated. It can really tell you what is happening inside your body. So we talked about why the heart rate might not go up. Now, why does this happen? The muscles store glycogen, which can be broken down, which must be broken down into glucose to be metabolized and used for energy purposes. And the brain uses m glucose mainly for energy, not fat. So, you know, there's two main energy sources. Your muscles at low intensity exercise, your muscles mainly demand fat for energy. But as you start to increase exercise intensity, you start to go more anaerobic. And so therefore your the anaerobic system mainly relies on carbohydrates, glucose, quick fuel. And so you start to mainly rely on glucose for energy. But when you're doing a lot of high intensity stuff, well, the brain also relies on energy, glucose for energy. So the brain is smart. And when it notices overall that there are lower levels of glycogen in the body, it starts to mitigate the breakdown of glucose in other areas so that it can get its glycogen. So the brain essentially tells the legs, hey, I'm the boss, I need glucose so that I can function. The brain tells the legs not to use as much glucose, that way there's more available for the brain. So when the breakdown of glucose glycogen gets reduced by the brain, that causes a reduction in catecholamine secretion. I talked about that in a prior episode, essentially just catecholamines are neurohormones, 
but overall that is really bad and it causes this big collateral effect which is that the heart rate is contracted by the catecholamines essentially and so what happens is when there's not enough catecholamines namely epinephrine then well the heart rate might be 10 to 15 beats lower because at high intensities because there aren't enough catecholamines and that is a sign that the muscles are already reducing glycogen breakdown probably because there isn't enough glycogen in the first place so if you aren't able to get your heart rate up enough then that is a sign of overtraining and that there likely is not a lot of glycogen that you've beaten your body down and that you're pretty fatigued and, and tired and there's not enough energy so that can be a big thing is not being able to push the heart rate up now the second thing when it comes to heart rate is resting heart rate Resting heart rate is also a great way to see if you are overtraining, again, because it is, a, it is a great physiological barometer. So in the morning, before you get out of bed, you might want to start doing a pulse check, or maybe you just get a reliable GPS watch, or just some watch that can check your heart rate. And what you can do there is just you can see what your resting heart rate is in bed. For example, in my case, if I wake up and my resting heart rate is 50 to 54 beats per minute, then that's pretty typical for me. But all of a sudden, maybe one day and I wake up and my heart rate is 62 beats per minute, then that day I know something is not right. Someday you might be tired from the previous day or you might be incubating a virus and that might be a reason that your heart rate is up. So in the reason that you might be incubating a virus and that's why heart rate, your heart rate is up, it's because heart rate reacts during the incubation period because it knows there's something going on. So if your heart rate is up in the morning, if your resting heart rate is a little higher than usual, that can be a sign of overtraining. You know, if it's not a big sign if just one day your, arbitra your, your heart rate is arbitrarily high, but if even if it is, I think that that day where your heart rate is pretty high, you really need to pay attention to how your body feels that day. And you need to come home if you feel bad because otherwise you really don't want to dig yourself in a hole. So overall, heart rate is great to monitor if you are overtrained and if you find that you have a higher resting heart rate or if you aren't if you aren't able to push your heart rate up during workouts, then that those can be really big signs of overtraining as well as being tired all the time. Now, we can also talk about some psychological factors to why you might be overtrained. It's important to also recognize the signs, signs of ag agitation, irritability, and overall mood changes in general. These mood changes are common psychological symptoms associated with overtraining. Obviously, if you are in a bad mood, a bad mood sorry your well-being and performance can definitely decline and these little mood changes just might be just mild irritability or they can be more serious issues like anxiety or depression so be on the lookout for constantly being in a bad mood obviously overtraining isn't the only cause of mood changes as that can be complex and have multiple contributing factors but if you have bad mood change if you have bad mood all the time or if you're just irritable or agitated all the time you can definitely see if you're overtrained by maybe looking at some of the other signs. So obviously that's a big sign of overtraining. Now another one is decreased motivation. Lack of motivation is also a big psychological symptom of, of overtraining. It can significantly impact your performance, training consistency, and overall enjoyment of the sport. Motivation can definitely lead to persistent physical fatigue and as well as just not being there. You're just always mentally fatigued you're just never in the moment and that can be that can be a really big thing that lack of motivation can cause and then eventually every run feels like a slog and your just motivation gets just lower and lower and lower and so then you just get into this big hole you dig yourself into this hole of low motivation and that can really make it difficult to continue to continue to train and train well 
Not only that, if you have a lack of motivation your, and your performance goes down, you're then going to be stressed out and you might even burn out. Remember that motivation dips are normal, so don't be super concerned if just one day you're just like, oh, I don't really want to run today. You know, that day you really have to use your discipline and get through it. But if you're all the time just low bouts of motivation, then that's it's really vital to start looking at other underlying factors such as overtraining to address that and just not get burned out because like everything if you just keep pushing on when there's an issue then it's just going to cause more problems so really look out if your bouts of low motivation persist over time and then maybe make some adjustments now another thing that overtraining uh another sign of overtraining is overuse injuries Overuse injuries, whether that's muscle strains, tendon strains, stress fracture, fractures, that can all be common indicators of overtraining. Obviously, if you have an overuse injury, then the load applied to your body, your musculoskeletal system, is more than it can handle. Your body is, is subjected to more stress than it can handle, and that can definitely signify overtraining syndrome. Or overall, if you're just feeling sore all the time, if you have chronic muscle soreness, stiffness, and can never be able to recover, then maybe one day you wake up in your your back hurts next it's your calves that might be a problem linked to overtraining so you might just have persistent muscle soreness and of course there might be other problems too like it might not just be a cup you might not have soreness just because of overtraining it might because it might be because of lack of strength nutrition deficiencies etc but if you're always getting injured or feeling sore for a long period of time that can be a definite a definite potential sign of overtraining so always look out if you're overtrained by seeing if you're injured all the time and obviously if you're injured then that's not good so you should probably look out for that now another thing is sleep i think that sleep is the something that all athletes need definitely well everybody needs sleep but athletes need a lot of sleep it's the number one performance enhancer that is going to let your body recover and help you live to fight another day without quality sleep you are quite literally putting yourself into the lion's cage just begging for injury and so if you experience difficulties falling asleep or insomnia that could also signal overtraining um, I know that during bouts of just overall stress, I've had trouble sleeping. So if you have lots of, lots of stress in your life or that can definitely impact your sleep, which will also impact your training. So just be, a, be on a lookout for trouble sleeping because if you're having trouble sleeping, then that's just not going to help at all. Now, something else that you can look after is just frequent illness. I think that being sick all the time is a huge sign and a huge indicator of overtraining. It can have a significant impact on a runner's body who is struggling to cope with the demands of training because the main reason is because overtraining just weakens the immune system and so if you're if the immune system is becoming weak then a runner is more susceptible to illness and infections without adequate rest and recovery hormonal and physiological changes may occur and that can definitely suppress the immune system and so overtraining can lead to a rise in stress hormones namely cortisol which once cortisol is elevated over a long period of time that can cause the immune system to just get out of whack and then when it comes to back to functioning functioning optimally it gets really hard to function optimally so really look out on the lookout for being sick all the time because when the immune system gets out of whack and it gets weaker weaker the body's ability to fight off infections really really declines so if you're sick all the time that can definitely be um a sign that you're overtraining now something else that you might be on the lookout for or it's it's not really something that you can look out for it's something that you more have to pay for but blood tests, comprehensive blood tests, and their corresponding results might also be an indicator of overtraining because we will talk about more about blood tests in the next episode. 
of uh, about overtraining but blood tests can really really be crucial because based off of the blood work and can really show a lot of nutritional deficiencies it can also show enzymes that might be in the blood due to muscle damage or the blood test can just reveal hormonal imbalances or if there are too many catabolic hormones in your bloodstream and all of that can be really important to decipher if you're overtraining or not. So we will get into that in another episode on overtraining. But if you pay for maybe a blood test, maybe like twice a year, if you can afford it. I know not everybody can afford that. But if you can't afford it, then maybe it would be good, especially if you're training hard all the time, to see if there's getting blood tests like maybe every six months just to see if you're doing good. And that can really help to make sure that you're not overtraining. Now, there's this concept that you really have to differentiate between overtraining and temporary fatigue. And I think that is really crucial because it can often be hard to differentiate between those two things. Because like most runners, you might just say, oh, I'm just tired. And that's normal, right? I'm always supposed to be tired. But again, that's not at all true. And so what ends up happening is you just continue pushing on in your training and you go down this nasty road of overtraining. And that's why it's really important to be able to differentiate between temporary fatigue and overtraining. You really need to look be looking after the signs and symptoms of overtraining that's how you're going to be able to identify overtraining and temporary fatigue is just temporary so if you have just one bad workout where you can't get your heart rate up or if you just have one run where you just can't get the heart rate down and the next workout's fine then i think that you just had a little bit of temporary fatigue it's okay you just shrugged it off but if you notice consistently that you're just having issues you can't get the heart rate up you're always getting sick all the time you know you're having trouble sleeping then maybe that's not such a good thing i like this concept of at the end of every running day maybe in your training log you either give a workout a green check or a red x and if you've given yourself red x's for three days in a row that might be a big sign of overtraining maybe you've just been feeling mentally unmotivated and exhausted for three days in a row or maybe hitting your heart rate values becomes more and more difficult all of a sudden or perhaps your resting heart rate was 10 beats higher than normal for three days in a row if that's the case then you know if you're consistently feeling bad over time or if you're consistently just getting red x's all the time then you might be overtrained but everyone has the occasional day off where they aren't performing well or they're fatigued and that is completely normal but prolonged or consistent issues might be a sign of something worse but overall you really really need to start understanding overtraining because that can really make or break that's really the breaking point is when you when you can start to understand like how the body adapts um where you are and how risk how at risk you are for overtraining and then also you can start to look after the signs and symptoms for overtraining you will really really be able to look after your body a lot more and really take care of your body and take action in the first stages of overtraining rather than letting it progress later and later and later and that is really going to help you so that's all i got for today Thank you for listening to episode 40 of the Sunday Shakeout. I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a little, I thought it was nice that it was pretty short today, but I think that having the occasional episode that's pretty short is actually pretty nice. Um, I also thought that, you know, I didn't want to include it all in one episode, all my content on overtraining, because that would be like an, an hour long epi- an, an hour long episode. So, um, and nobody really wants to listen to anybody talk for more than like, like 35 minutes in my opinion. So I try to keep my, podcasts under that threshold and so today i just really wanted to keep it short and sweet maybe give you guys a little introduction to overtraining and hopefully that you can use some of this information to apply it to your own running and not get overtrained because that's the big thing if you enjoyed this episode of the sunday shakeout please consider following to or subscribing to this podcast on apple podcasts or spotify 
I would also greatly appreciate a review in Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Um, I think I want to appreciate all my listeners for the support. Uh, I want to thank all my listeners for the support. You guys are the ones who keep the lights on day in and day out. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Have a good weekend, I guess. Have a good rest of your weekend. By the way, the world champs for track and field are on right now. So I would suggest go looking at that in Budapest. Um, I think they're till August 27th, I believe. So you should go check that out. I'll be cheering for Jakob Ingebrigtsen. Woohoo! But yeah. Go check that out. I think that can be really entertaining. You can learn more about the sport of track and field, and that can really, that can really be inspiring too. Some of those athletes are pretty incredible. So if you can, go check that out. I think it's on NBC, USA, Peacock, whatever, and that would be pretty cool. But overall, hope you all really enjoy your day and peace out. This is the Sunday Shakeout. <laughs>